You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals. Thanks for joining me on The Devoted Podcast today. So I had mentioned... Well, I never know if the podcast audience always catches our devoted lives. So let me just throw that out there at the beginning. We have at Athey, we have a once a month time where we're actually in the building. We also stream it online. We call it Devoted Live. And we focus on just a particular topic, something. It's not exactly like the podcast because it's more of an, in a teaching format. And I usually have my keynotes and all that kind of flashy stuff. But Sometimes I mention things in Devoted Live that maybe I've mentioned in the podcast and vice versa. Well, this last Devoted Live was, as I'm recording this, this was just recently, and I was talking about Philippians 4.8, where we went through the teener plaps, and we went, that's what we call them. We call them the things that we are supposed to think on these things, and we went through each of those items on that list to see how are we sifting our thoughts through this really great discernment filter that Scripture has given us. And so when we were in in that conversation, one of those things that we're supposed to filter everything through is, is this pure? And I paused on it for just a little bit and said, you know what, we're probably just going to do a whole podcast on this issue. Because I think this comes from first, it starts from when Philippians 4, 8 talks about the things that are pure, and if, how we're supposed to think on those things. Those are the things that obviously that's in your head, the things that they're, they're just thoughts at that point. But our thoughts don't stay in our brains, do they? Our thoughts manifest themselves somehow. Maybe it's only in an attitude. Maybe it's in something we say. Maybe in the case of thinking on things that are pure, it might manifest itself in the things that we wear. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk about on the podcast, and I've been kind of wanting to do this for a while, but I've just been praying on it and and letting it marinate there. I want to talk about modesty. And it's funny because this is not something that really anybody wants to talk about. I don't know why that is. Sometimes people think like, oh, goodness, this should just be a no brainer. We should just kind of know this. If you're walking with the Lord, there's just certain things you should or should not do. Or maybe you grew up in a really legalistic environment where it was mandated what you should wear and the certain inches and all of this kind of stuff. And so maybe that word kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But I think this word, yes, we're going to look at where it is in Scripture, because I think that's always where we need to go. But I think it's more than just this word. I think it goes back to our thoughts. It goes back to thinking on the things that are pure and pushing those things through that filter to see then how that manifests itself, perhaps in this issue of modesty. So I have to bring this up partly because, goodness, it's such a crazy over-sexualized culture that we live in that sadly, the clothing that we pick, um, just the attitudes that are out there right now, the things we watch and you can see in movies and on all kinds of stuff, it's just kind of garbage. There's a lot of that out there. And the thing that's hard as Christians, we know that we aren't supposed to be presenting ourselves in a way that would be immodest. And yet, often we kind of skate that line just a little bit. So I want to talk about this because it's kind of a big deal in our culture. We don't we don't really want it to be. We want it to be like, oh, this is just something that we don't, we get it. It's fine. Don't be legalistic and move on. But I, I want to look at what the Bible says about it. I want to look at what the Bible does not say, especially as we come to legalism and all of those kinds of things, what it doesn't say, but really then why this matters. Because I think it's more than just what you choose to wear that day. I think there's a heart and like Philippians 4, 8, our thoughts 
are behind this as well. So like I said, this is kind of one of those topics that is kind of a landmine. And I'm aware, (laughs) I'm aware that being a mom of high schoolers that I will probably make zero fans among that age group, for sure. I get it. But hear me out. But more importantly, I think let's hear the word out on this. Because I think, yes, this is something that is a conversation that our younger gals need to hear. And there's so much here that's advice for us as moms and aunts and grandmas that are training the younger that I do think that we need to hold the line here. I think we need to raise the standard. And it's totally fine to not be the friend of your daughter or your granddaughter or your niece in this issue and in this conversation. We're not called to be their BFF in this situation. We're called to be their parents. We're called to be the older training the younger. And it's really a high and important calling that I really don't want to really let either age group, anybody, the younger or the older off the hook for. I think we can absolutely raise standards. And I think us that are in the older age group that are teaching and training the younger, I think we need to not be ashamed to do so. I think this is a good thing to do. We were all in high school once for sure. And maybe some of you out there are high schoolers right now and you're listening to this. We were all there and we went through those awkward stages. We all wanted to be acknowledged. We all wanted to be thought of as beautiful and all of that. We get it. But here are the common excuses. I think that sometimes, again, us in the the, the Titus 2 category, the older training, the younger grandmas, aunts, mamas, whichever of those you fit into, whatever role that you're there for, there's a couple excuses that we give on, we just don't want to preach to the kids on this one. And sometimes I hear, I didn't really do this right in high school or when I was younger or in my 20s or whatever. Man, I I didn't do this right. So what right do I have to then tell them how they should do it differently? And I guess with that one, I would say, first of all, goodness, his mercies are new every morning. We all have things that we have done and things that we have to ask forgiveness for and things that we need renewal from the Holy Spirit on. We absolutely have that. It actually can be a really powerful teaching tool to then walk with that girl who's maybe struggling with some of the choices that she wants to wear and kind of tell her your own story and what that presents about you to everyone else. What is the message that you're sending by that? You actually might have more influence in that young girl's life in some of those those conversations than somebody who maybe didn't struggle with choosing what was appropriate and what isn't appropriate. So that's one of the things. And the other excuse sometimes is, you know what, I just want to be careful. And I just want to be careful to uh, pick my battles. And it's really not that big a deal. And I don't want to make a fight about this. I think that one is the most common. And I'm going to just say right now, again, that this is something you could absolutely disagree with Amy on. I'm going to talk about some scriptures and stuff, why I think that there's more to this than just a seemingly not that big a deal fight that I think it is actually worth fighting for and why it is worth drawing the line and raising the standard for. But whichever of those that maybe you have found yourself in that situation of, you know, I don't really want to speak into this because either I didn't do this right or I want to pick my fight. Think about this as we, as we go through this and, and pray about these scriptures to see if that's where you think that this should land at the end of that. I mentioned that this is podcast has kind of been a while coming. So last year, end of 2021, I don't, actually don't know exactly when it was, but somewhere in 2021, there was a Matthew West song that came out. And Matthew West, if you don't know who that is, he's a Christian 
singer, songwriter. And he came out with this song that was meant to be kind of a parody, kind of just being funny. But the song was called Modest is Hottest. Okay. So again, you can tell already by the title, it was meant as a joke. Okay. But I'm just going to read to you the chorus, the four lines of this chorus. You can kind of see where this went, because what happened with this song, he puts this song out there and he just received tremendous backlash from this song for throwing out the idea that modest is hottest. So the chorus said, modest is hottest. The latest fashion trend is a little more Amish and a little less Kardashian. What the boys really love is a turtleneck and a sensible pair of slacks. Honey, modest is hottest. Sincerely, your dad. So you could see from the chorus, this was a dad writing this this kind of funny song to pick his battle, if you will, with his daughters on what they should wear and what they shouldn't. Clearly, guys, it was a joke in a lot of ways, right? He, he wasn't really advocating for his girls to just wear turtlenecks and a sensible pair of slacks all the time. He was trying to sound old fuddy-duddy a little bit in that. But what was astounding to me was the pushback that he got. Now, of course, you would expect the world to criticize something like this. Probably, honestly, most of the world didn't give this song two looks because they didn't even care. What was interesting to me, though, the loudest criticism came from Christians. Some of them very clearly, and they don't hide behind the fact that they're very progressive Christians. But this issue keeps coming up, and it's amazing to me how really it's often the Christians that are pushing back the hardest. It came up again recently, not in a song. There was a tweet that went viral. Don't remember what it was. Couldn't quote it exactly. But that was another one where Christians, I I think that one, among others, Beth Moore really criticized this person for making some statement about modesty. So it's concerning to me that Christians, that this this is a struggle for, that this is something that we are thinking that is just some ridiculous notion, this idea of being modest. Okay, now clearly not within the vein of, you know, turtlenecks and all of that kind of stuff. That's not what we're saying. And honestly, and I'm going to keep talking about that too, because I do not think that this is a one size fits all, that we should throw down a measurement and, you know, make sure the shorts are this long. And no, that's not what we're talking about. There is, we can say, go back to Philippians 4, 8 and the thoughts that are behind this and, and the motive and the, and the attitude behind it. I think that is the important thing to look at here. But some of the criticisms and some of the things that they pushed back on these Christians for these modesty comments, one of them on Twitter and then also the song. And it's I mean, I'm pointing out those two as examples. This stuff comes up all the time. But a couple of the things that they pushed back is they claimed that to encourage modesty was to body shame women. I I don't understand this one, but somehow for a woman to be told what she shouldn't be showing (laughs) basically was somehow shaming to the woman. They would say that instead, the real issue with modesty is it's that men need to take responsibility for their actions and their lack of self-control. Like, men, this is your problem. If you can't handle what I'm wearing, that's your problem. That's really what they're saying. There's a haughtiness even in that tone that I think is really concerning. But I think Romans 14, 13, where it tells us to not put a stumbling block or a hindrance in any way to a brother, or I think you could say sister in Christ as well. We are not to put stumbling blocks or things of hindrance in the way. And this verse covers a gamut of things that could trip people up in temptations and different things like that. But I think it's definitely is applicable in this conversation with modesty. 
Because the things that we can choose to wear can be a stumbling block, a temptation, and a hindrance to our brothers in Christ. I probably see it this particular issue. I'll just put out my own bias because I am a mom of boys. So I 100% get, man, every billboard, everything on TV, every commercial, goodness, even commercials where it's like, goodness, put on a different shirt. What? So I see this probably with a little bit different eyes, maybe than if you're a mama with three girls, because it really, it is a struggle for our boys and the things that are out there. And it's so unnecessary coming from my boy mom brain. But it's not just if you don't have boys, that's not it too. You probably have a brother or you may be married. There are so many different people that we can be helping and not hindering. Certainly, if you're picking out what you're going to wear to church, my goodness, but I really don't even want to give us that distinction of whether you wear it to the grocery store or whether you go to church. Either way, I don't think that we want to be putting things on that would in any way present a stumbling block or a hindrance to someone. But like I said, the pushback there was that this is just the lack of self-control and men not taking responsibilities for their actions. I think that's a bit of a straw man argument a little bit because I would never argue for men to be poor in self-control and not take responsibility for their actions. Absolutely not. They absolutely should. I'm just saying Romans 14, 13, you read it. It says, don't put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. So I think that we have a part to play in that as well. Another one of the arguments that they pushed back on is, is they said that women and girls should be able to wear anything that they feel comfortable and confident wearing. I see that a lot, that if a girl feels comfortable and confident in, in the things that she's wearing, then, then that makes it somehow okay because she feels good about herself and, you know, all of those things. Now, I kind of laugh at this one a little bit because this is a little bit of a side note. Remember, I, I told you, mom of high school boys. And I'm just curious, though, have you ever observed a sweet homecoming or a prom little get together photo shoot? You know, the guy comes over and the mom, of course, wants to help with the, you know, the wrist corsage and the all those things and get the pictures. OK, so if you have ever either been part of one of those or seen it, just tell me, do you think that these sweet girls ever look very confident in what they're wearing. Typically what I observe, my observation, this is, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but my observation is they're typically pretty self-conscious. They're usually kind of tugging at the bottom if it's too short or checking the straps or, I mean, they just don't look comfortable. So I'm just saying if the argument is that, man, girls should just be able to wear whatever they want as long as they feel comfortable and confident, you know, that that is what that dress is exhibiting, then I think that's kind of silly. Because I personally, I don't know if I've ever seen a sweet high school girl looking overly confident in a strapless dress or a dress that's way too short or, or whatever, whatever the dress is. They just don't look very comfortable and uh, confident. So I'm not sure about that whole argument. Back to Matthew West's song. So he ended up deleting that song off of YouTube. So you can actually go online and you can read all the lyrics, but I don't know if you can actually find the song anymore. Maybe there's somewhere you could download it, but he ended up taking the song off because there was that much of a giant backlash. Those were just some of the things that the comments and people were nasty, guys. I mean, they seriously were. They were really insulting and just really harsh against what I think was to be taken as, first of all, as kind of a lighthearted joke of a dad to a daughter. And then also with 
some truth behind it as far as, man, what we do where and how we present being modest actually does matter. So what does the Bible say about modesty? Okay, 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 10. Let's look at that one first. 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 10 says, Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. So a couple things with this verse. I think it is it is fitting that we just spent so much time when we were going through the beautiful design series, we, we talked about the verse that is right after this, where we were talking about submission and that we are as women are, are, are to be submissive and to not teach over men in the church. So this passage that I just read you, that's within the context of that passage that we covered. And we, we looked at that both in the episode we did on submission and then also the one we did about roles in the church. I'm hoping by now that we have been able to redeem the word submission, because really this idea that we're going to talk about with modesty, there is this couching here, I guess you would say, of being submitted to an authority. And we looked at those things back in those previous episodes. You know, we're, we're submitted to God first and foremost. We have submission within the authority of the church. And then wives, if you're married, are to be submissive to their own husbands. But hopefully, we've taken this topic of submission and we have a better understanding of it that it's based on created order. It's based on our design and it is for our good. And it should not be offensive. So, if you're just kind of picking up this podcast, this episode out of nowhere, you might want to go back and listen to some of those other episodes, listen to the entire Beautiful Design series, because, you know, even going back to the very inter- introduction, I think understanding who God is, who gives us design and order and structure is important to that. He's He's a good God who he puts these things in place for our good and for our protection and covering not for our harm. So know that as as we talk about this, this is not some grouchy God telling you do this and don't do that. That should not be how the heart and the tone in which you hear this. So back to this verse in 1 Timothy 2, that says that the women were not to adorn themselves with braided hair, gold, pearls, or costly attire. So that's the one that's in, in 1 Timothy. We'll read a different passage in a second that gives some other examples. But you might be going, okay, well, I'm not really that tempted to braid my hair crazy and put gold and pearls and costly attire. The thing that I think we need to see out of this, it's not so much each of these elements. It's not telling you to not ever braid your hair, just like I don't think it's telling you make sure you don't ever wear this particular kind of dress or don't ever wear shorts or, you know, it's not saying that. But what it is saying is that the what we put in this case, they're saying hair or pearls or costly attire, meaning that is our clothes too. Is it distracting? Does it profess godliness? You know, we could just stop the podcast right there. It's just one of the things that if you can look at the at the things that you're choosing to wear and deciding, is what I'm putting on, is this distracting? Does this profess godliness? Good question to ask. Now, here in 1 Timothy, the word modesty, as defined, I looked it up in my Bible commentary, and it's meaning self-conscious modest. It says a self-conscious timidity which fears committing an act unworthy of oneself or representing oneself in an unworthy manner. There's a sense of honor 
and regard for others within this word modesty, a sense of honor and regard for others. So if you listened when we did Devoted Live and we, we focused on all the things that we should think on, pure was in that list. But then also we talked about what is honorable, what is noble, what is dignified, all of those words. That is within the context here of what is modest. So don't get distracted, I suppose, by the elements of braided hair or gold or pearls, costly attire, the examples it's giving in there. I think we need to look behind that and say, well, what of each of those things, would it be distracting? Would it be professing godliness? I think there's an element here in how we kind of need to have some self-awareness in this conversation with ourselves. And this is not a conversation that's restricted to high school kids. Oh, absolutely not. This stretches the gamut for sure. This is all age groups that we have to think about the things that we wear. And is it is it professing godliness? Is it distracting? You know, that one argument I gave you earlier where they said that it's really just showcasing our own confidence and that women should be able to feel confident in the things that they're wearing. Kind of think if we if we hear that argument, or maybe you you have said that argument of like, you know what, I feel comfortable in this, I feel confident in this, so I'm going to wear it. I think we should probably think about, you know, is that really our goal to have confidence in us, our confidence in our appearance? I mean, all of those things. It's one of those things that you think it in your head, but then maybe if you say it out loud, you might go, oh, I don't really know if that sounds quite right. Over and over, we're reminded in Scripture that our confidence, our strength, our peace is found in Christ. It's not in ourselves at all, and it's certainly not in the clothes we choose to wear, whether they make us feel confident and comfortable or whatever. Our worth is found in that we are His and and we're created in His image, and it actually has nothing to do with if we can pull off the pre-baby weight dress or not. It just doesn't. Proverbs 3, 26, I love this one. It says, "'For the Lord will be your confidence.'" and we'll keep your foot from being caught. The Lord is our confidence. There's so many things that I know this kind of tinges on because so many gals really struggle with just not feeling confident and they feel self-conscious about so many things. But truly, those are thoughts. Maybe even take those thoughts and take them through our teener plaps. Take them through Philippians 4.8 to focus on the things that are true, the things that are right, the things that are lovely. Take them through that filter. Because often when we get ourselves in a cycle of thoughts about ourselves, they might turn into those ones that are very destructive and not constructive, and they might not be true. We need to take our thoughts through that filter of God's word so that we can then better make decisions about how, what behaviors we have and how modesty looks for us and those kinds of things. Because it's, it's more about the thought that comes behind that and how that's exhibited. But the argument that we should be able to wear whatever we want because it makes us feel good, that's not what we're here for at all, right? We're not here for us. We are here to bring the Lord glory. I'm going to bring in a verse on that in just a minute, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's also look at 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4. It's similar with the one that we looked at with 1 Timothy. But in 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4, it says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. But, and then here's where Peter gives us some instructions on what it should be. What should our adorning look like? And he says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. I love that verse. I love that verse because it first starts with the admonition of, hey, don't get all caught up in the things that you're wearing. Just don't. 
But then it says, here's what you should get caught up in. And he says, let that be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. The thing that is precious is not what we look like, what we wear, but it's the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That phrase, that's an interesting sieve to run our wardrobe through, isn't it? Does this promote the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit? Here's where I think we kind of miss the point about modesty, because I don't think it's not really an outlining of a wear this or don't wear this. It's not about what you were raised with and this was appropriate then and, you know, this is what was okay or and it certainly you probably shouldn't take into the whole trend thing too much because those definitely change. But I think what's at the heart of it, what's behind it is both First Timothy keyed in on this and also First Peter. Does it say, look at me? Look at me. Are you trying to get attention to yourself by something that you wear? You could extend this to things that are far beyond just the things that we wear. It could be the things that we say. Are we saying something just to be provocative and saying something to get attention? That heart behind it is the same thing that would be the heart behind why you choose to wear something or not wear something in a modesty conversation. It's what's behind that. I kind of think this can go both ways on the dressing thing. So have you ever gone to something where maybe you didn't get the memo about what the dress code was for the event and you show up in your favorite athleisure wear, you know, and everybody's really dressed up. It feels so awkward. (laughs) And I'm giving you kind of a silly example, but I'm trying to get you to think of that feeling of walking into a room with everybody all dressed up and you're not. It feels terrible. Why does it feel terrible? It feels awful because you're like, ooh, everybody's attention is on me right here. Okay, maybe this is a lot of the introvert in me coming out because that to me, that's like my absolute worst nightmare. I do not want to stick out. And the same, the other way is true too. If, if you go to an event that is actually super, super casual and you come in dressed to the nines, well, what does that look like? Every eye is on you in the room. Now, I think when those things are just like, I missed, I didn't get the memo and it's kind of a mistake, that's just like an awkward moment that we all end up telling stories about the time that we showed up to the party, totally not dressed for the occasion. But I'm more referring to the fact of what if you go into those situations and you intentionally know that it is a very casual event and you're like, I'm going to come in dressed to impress. You might not even be wearing something that's immodest at all. You might look amazing, but not dressed for the occasion. The effect is that all the attention is on you. I think it's the same kind of conversation. And that has nothing to say of the fact that maybe you may not have been wearing anything inappropriate at all. But it was the heart behind, I want to come into this and really make an appearance. That's the same thing. That's that attitude behind what is this pointing to? Is it pointing to me? Or is it pointing to the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit? Is it pointing to someone who is professing godliness, like First Timothy said? The point of modesty is the heart, the motivation behind it. Now, here's where I think scripture kind of takes this whole game and moves it up a notch. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 2. I'm not totally sure how long I'm going to go, but 1 Thessalonians 4, 2 says, For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, 
your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. So a couple things here. He says, control your own body in holiness and honor. Okay, what we can contribute to holiness and honor one way or the other. What can we do for that? And I certainly the things that we decide to wear would fall into that category. But Paul contrasts this against not being in the manner of the Gentiles or, you know, in this context, those who don't know God. So here's where this interesting debate is here a little bit. We shouldn't be surprised that the world and those who are not saved dress in a manner that is immodest, okay? It it shouldn't shock you that the Super Bowl halftime show is going to have people that are making really poor wardrobe choices. That should not surprise you. But for those that are walking with Jesus, we should look different. We should look different, and that's okay. 1 John 2.16 also says this, For all this is in the world. The desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. That attitude of dressing in a way that would point a lot of attention to ourselves, there's a pride in there. And there's a, it even says there, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride. Those are the things that, those are from the world. They're not from the Father. But for those of us who have professed Christ and we are choosing to walk in a life that is in obedience to what he wants us to do, what should we do and how should our decisions be different? Romans 12, 1 and 2, two of my absolute favorite verses. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay, big stuff here in Romans. We've talked about this in several episodes because you could just continue to unpack these two verses. They're so good. But let's look at that very beginning part of Romans 12, 1, where it says that I appeal to you, brothers, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Okay, this is brothers and sisters here. Don't get caught up in the, in the gender there on that one. We are to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Okay, a sacrifice. Do sacrifices always willingly do the thing that they are called to do? No, not necessarily. And here's the thing. You may not want to buy into all of this of, you know, oh, well, I guess I you know, have to be careful what I wear because I don't want to stumble a brother. That might be your attitude of like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Keep praying on it because I think, like we said, there's more of the heart and the attitude behind it. But even if that's where we're starting, it's really fine to do something that you don't want to do and to just to outright just die to that thing that you want to do. It's a super countercultural thing, right? Our culture says, man, if it feels good, that's what you need to do. If you're comfortable doing it, that's what you need to do. If it makes you happy, that's what you need to do. But that's not what the Bible says. That's not what Christ would tell us. Paul is telling us here that we are to be, it's okay, be a living sacrifice, lay it down, die to it. And then he says, rather, we're to present ourselves as holy and acceptable. Holy and acceptable. Another two great words to run the filter of how we want to present ourselves through. But then the next part in verse two, it says, do not conform to this world. 
here's where I think some of this is kind of sad in this conversation is that we don't really, we're nervous as Christians because we, we don't want to be too crazy in this whole modesty thing. We don't want the world to think that we're weird or that we might be, you know, goody two shoes or we might not look like everyone else. We, we just kind of, we don't want to be super weird. We want to be relevant, right? And man, scripture is just so clear on this. Do not conform to the world. Don't. Don't do what the world's doing. Just have no part of it. To conform to something is that behaviors that are expected by a group or society, they're expected by you. And man, it does feel like it sometimes too, doesn't it? It feels like, oh, well, I need to do this. I'm expected to do this. No, you're not. We are to not conform to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That transforming of the renewal of your mind is what happens through sitting in God's word. It's by taking your thoughts and running them through Philippians 4.8. It's by asking yourself these questions of, man, are even the wardrobe choices that I make, are they pointing to me or are they pointing to a life of godliness and a gentle and quiet spirit? couple more verses here. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you gave from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. And then he says, so glorify God in your body. This verse right there, this is where I wonder if the, you know, I pick my battles argument or excuse doesn't really hold water. Because I've read you several scriptures, and I encourage you, look these up on your own. Don't take my word for it. Really, like, pray about these. Write these scriptures down and ask the Holy Spirit to show you application from his word for you on this. But he says here in 1 Corinthians 6 that we are to glorify God in our body. We don't even belong to us, that we're his. He bought us with a very costly price, the death of his son Jesus. And this is where maybe... Those progressive Christians that were really mad at the Matthew West song, you know, they're going to roll their eyes and go, you really think it matters what you wear. And I really just feel like it's another one of those tactics of the enemy of poking at what God's word says and saying, did God really say? Did God really say you're to dress and have an attitude that is professing godliness and a gentle and quiet spirit? Really? Aren't you taking it a little seriously? But then you have here this verse in 1 Corinthians reminding us that, man, you and I were bought at a price. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Christ. And so we are to glorify God in our bodies. And I just don't, I don't know when you go, man, well, I just want to pick my battle. I'm not sure if this is, you know, I don't want to take this too far. I don't want my daughter to be mad at me. I don't want my niece to think I'm weird or whatever. I think there's obviously good ways of doing that. And then ways that would not come off very well. But don't let the excuse be that you just don't want to have the conversation. Point them to God's word on this. Proverbs 31.30 says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Contrast that with, I love that in Proverbs, but then it also says in Proverbs 11.22, like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. It's kind of tricky because right now nose rings are, are kind of trendy and so a lot of people like them. But a gold ring and a pig snout, okay? Maybe we need to come up with a modern day picture of something that's just really, really tacky, okay? Because that's what it's saying. That's the look of a beautiful woman that is without what? Without discretion, okay? That's without that, that discernment, that wisdom to know how they should be presenting themselves. 
At the end of this discussion, though, on modesty, I think we actually have this backdrop of humility. I think that's really what's behind it. First Peter 5, 5 and 6, it says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. I love this verse, but I think it's providing this context for us of really, are we being humble? Are we choosing humility? Dressing a way that brings attention to us is really exalting ourselves, really, right? It's, it's pointing to us, and it can be prideful. And what we should be marked by is that humble spirit. And this is why I don't necessarily think there is a one-size-fits-all answer for we should wear this or we should not wear that. I don't, I don't think that's what it's about. That's what legalism is about. This isn't about that. This could look different for everyone. But the heart and the spirit of humility, that part is the part that's going to look the same. That part should be there. The internal, the unseen motivations, I think that is the thing that matters. I know this hits on a lot of kind of hot button issues. And it's funny to me because these are honestly, they're hot button issues in the church. And some of y'all might push back at me and go, you know, Amy, you don't have girls, you don't understand. And I'm sure there's a vast amount of things I do not understand about having girls. One of the things that I have all kinds of sympathy and compassion in the world for is our moms of daughters and grandmas and all of those with, with girls. It is ridiculously impossible to even find appropriate clothing. As I was doing this podcast, I actually just kind of did some Google searching for prom dresses and things just to see what kind of pictures come up. And first of all, I don't know where people save up all the money for all these extra dresses. This is crazy. So I'm sorry for that part. But also, y'all don't have it easy. (laughs) I think I was fortunate in the fact that my mom was an amazing seamstress. So probably half the dresses that I got, she probably, you know, had to alter and do different things with. And so please don't think I'm saying this like, oh, well, it's just a piece of cake. You can just go down the store and find something that's in the appropriate column and you're fine. It is not an easy battle to fight. But I hope that the word gives us some encouragement of really actually maybe taking this more seriously than perhaps culture does, maybe taking it more seriously than just Christian culture overall does. But asking ourselves, man, what should I do with this? Where should I take these decisions on how I present myself, on what I wear? Read through these scriptures, and I think that the Lord will lead you there. Because I do think it's not just about it's not just about the outward appearance. It's about the heart behind it. It's about having this humble and quiet spirit that is desiring to walk in obedience to Christ, is not wanting to be distracting to, okay, take out distracting, is not wanting to be a hindrance to other people, but is just trying to walk in obedience to the Lord. I think that is the encouragement and the guidelines, really, that the word very graciously and kindly gives us. Remember, these things are for our good. They are not to harm us. And they're really a blessing and a covering for us. So there you go. As promised, an episode on modesty. I know. I'm sure it's all your favorite by now. But gals, let's encourage each other with these. Let's be praying for our younger generation that I think really has a hard time with all these things that are being thrown at them. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for the moms and the older that are trying to instruct the younger. But let's also not be afraid to hold a higher standard for not only our younger people, but also for ourselves. Let's be willing to do that and really take the word at its word. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.